talking about bullies in my brain. And, and that's more than like just a catchphrase, like, hey, we need a graphic. We should come up with, no, I do believe in these bullies. I do believe these things that set themselves up against God's people and his creation. And so whether we've talked about anxiety or dysfunction, and the first week we talked about spiritual warfare, because I believe all of this is real. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. And so we got all of these different topics. Next week, uh, possibly I'm going to be talking about rejection. And we're going to be talking about all these different bullies that try to bully us. But then there's this one crazy truth that I think we do a terrible job as believers believing and clinging to and holding on to. And it is this truth that I want to share with you today. That is this. Yes, we have bullies in our brain trying to set us up and trying to bully us. But at the very same time, we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. Yeah. Think about that. That should make, you know, if we're talking about brains, that should just make your mind go, the spirit of God, I said, is living on the inside of you if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ. If you're found in Christ, the spirit of God, the scripture says, we're going to read it here in a minute, is on the inside of you. So as much as you may have a bully in your brain, at the same time, the spirit which raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. What? This is, this is insane. And so, yeah, we should be aware of these things that set themselves up against us and all this kind of stuff. But we also should be reminded that the spirit, I have one point for you today, and it's this, the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. As believers, it dwells on the inside of us. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Think about this. We, we do way too much of a disservice about just making that kind of a, a non be He lives on the inside of me. You know, we do all this kind of stuff. But think about this, the Trinity, the Godhead three in one, God, the father, Christ, his son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the creator of heaven and earth, who we know in Genesis formed everything when it was void. We also know that he's the end, the author, the omega, the beginning, the end. He's everything in the middle, God. And then Jesus who came and lived sinless and blameless and perfect and walked in many mighty miracles. That Jesus is a part of the Trinity. And then the other part of it is the Holy Spirit. And the scripture tells us that that part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit has decided to dwell and operate and cooperate in you and me. And we're like, well, the news says, what are we going to do? The news said, do you know what they're trying to do? Did you see in court? The spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Now, you're not here for that today, are you? <laughs> Romans 8:11 says this, and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. What's our mortal body facing right now? What in this, what in America, what in your life, what, what, what are the conditions? What are the things in your marriage? What are the things in your kids? What are the things in the school? What, what are your mortal bodies needing? The scripture says that, that, that God gave us his spirit to bring life to those things. And we're over here like, I don't know. Do you see the times we're living? How are we going to make it? The spirit of God lives in you. The spirit of God lives in you. I want you to think about this even deeper. Jesus, we know, is way maker, miracle worker. God comes down to earth, takes on flesh and blood. Scripture says that he lives, again, perfect, does all these mighty miracles. He's sinless. He, he lives this perfect life. And the scripture says that there comes a time 
where he's hung on a cross and all of mankind sees him die. So again, the Trinity, God, the father, Jesus, his son, the scripture says that he dies, he's dead. The scripture says that the people saw with their own eyes him being taken from a gray, from a cross, placed into a tomb. But then it says that by his spirit, he's raised to life again. And then the scripture says that same very spirit dwells in the believer. It's an amazing, unbelievable concept. The fact that God came to earth, died on the cross, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave. But then the scripture doesn't just say things for the sake of saying it. The scripture, we get all this because it's absolute truth. It then tells us that that same spirit dwells in the body of Christ, you and me. And I know I'm being redundant, but... Then we walk around life being like, and we let the bullies win in our brain and we let the bullies put this on us and put that on us and get us to fear and doubt and worry and wonder. But the spirit of God lives in us. Are you here today? It lives in us. And many of us think, well, no, the Holy Spirit, or if I'm going to get real crazy, many of us would even say, well, the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit stuff, that's, that's just for that denomination. That's, that's not like a for a believer thing. That's just that, that denomination over there. They do the Holy Ghost thing. They do the Holy Spirit thing. No, your word says that if you're a believer, if you're found in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Well, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit, the way, the only, the only way the Holy Spirit moves is if the Holy, you know, that song, you know, they, they sing that song, boy, that one song that just, that just really has the spirit on it. Boy, I just really wish we could sing that song because, because that's when the spirit moves. No, the spirit of God dwells on the inside of you and can move through you. It's really what the church is called to be. It's called to be a spirit led being in our communities. It's where we follow God and trust him and we move in his presence and his power. Are you with me? I said, well, I know that's the preacher. You know, it's only the preacher that the spirit moves on. He gets up there and he preaches the word and God's spirit moves. No, the scripture says that where two or three or more are gathered, he's in the middle of it and he's working, but he's also on the inside of it. God's spirit, we, we don't even begin to understand the ability that the Holy Spirit has to move among us, right. inside us and among us. It's hard when we talk about the presence of God. And I'm kind of ruining a sermon that I'm about to preach in a couple of weeks, but we know that the scripture says that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So then you go, well, it's impossible for us to not be in the presence of God. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But then pastors also up here right now saying that the Holy Spirit is in us. So how could we ever say that we're not in the presence of God if he's with us? But there's layers to this presence of God. It's all throughout scripture. We can see that in the passage I just quoted right there where it says where two or three or more of you are gathered, he's present. We've also heard in scripture uh, statements like the manifest presence of God. God shows up in these tangible ways. The presence of God, the understanding of the presence of the spirit of God is something that the church has got to start comprehending. That the Holy Spirit, wait, I'm going to get to it here in a minute, that the Holy Spirit was given to us, the scripture is going to tell us in a minute, as our helper, as an advocate, we need the Holy Spirit. Are you with me today? We need to understand and depend on and call on the power of the Holy Spirit. I was talking to my brother yesterday. We were hanging out watching the Michigan game and, or whatever that was. But uh, we were watching some of that. And, uh, and so we're hanging out watching that. And uh, I, I love him. And he's starting to take steps into ministry because he's also an idiot like me. And uh, going to give his life to ministry. And so we're talking. And we were talking about how there's a church 
I want to say it was Minnesota or something like that. They're using AI, artificial intelligence, which is basically a robot. And they're starting to use artificial intelligence to do segments of their church services. Guys, we're replacing the spirit of God on the inside of ministers with robots. And we think somehow we're going to see transformation in our world. We got to get back to depending on the power and the presence of God. Are you with me? And I'm telling you, those churches, they ain't going to make it. I'm not here to judge, but I'm telling you when the scripture talks about in the last days, lukewarmness and tickling of years and using Android devices, that's the devil. <laughs> I know I'm telling the truth today. I feel, I feel the spirit of God in me is. But I want to go back to this presence of God thing because we have night of worship coming up tonight. And this is off my notes, and this is what I get to do in second service, my favorite service, because we're live, and I love being live online with all my friends out there on the internet and the interweb, and my buddies out there, demons out there, not few people watching, but, but I get more time. I get to say all the things I don't get to see in first service, and so I'm going to kind of ruin one of my future messages, but this is what happens to Moses. Moses understands the power of the presence of God. He's seen unbelievable supernatural provision. And he says, I'm never going to step away from the presence of God. Now, listen, you could say for Moses, God will never leave him or forsake him. All the things I already went over, but there's a passage we see in scripture where God gets frustrated like a parent with the Israelites. And he says, I'm, I'm just like you would say, I am done with you guys. This is it. I've had enough. <laughs> okay. And he says, here's what's going to happen. You can go to the promised land. You, you, you can go, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you can go to this place and, and, and you can go ahead and it's going to be a great land and you can have all of these things. And God says, but I'm not going with you. My presence is not going with you. And Moses says, if your presence isn't there, he says, I'm not going. Because what's the point of having blessing and entertainment and friend and going on vacation? What's the point of all of that if we don't have the presence of God with us? And I know we got leaves to rake today. And I know that the lions play in a big game today. But what's the point of choosing those things instead of coming to a night of worship where we can get in the presence of God? How many are with me and say, hey, the spirit of God is in the all of us. And are you with me today? And I just think, hey, it's fine. You know, we got stuff to do and we got all these other kind of things. But I don't want to look back on my life and stand before God and say, you know what I chose? I chose football and entertainment. And I chose all of these other things of my life instead of choosing every opportunity I had to be in the presence of God. Where his spirit is moving and active and dwelling. Are you with me? So that's all a side note, but let's jump back to it. The Holy Spirit according to scripture, is here right now. And so when we say the Holy Spirit is here right now, empowering even this moment, we're talking about the same Holy Spirit that parted the Red Sea. So when you worry and wonder about the time that you're living in and the way that schools are becoming and all of the different things of the world that we all get worried and anxious about and all the economy and what's happened, is this the world's end and all this kind of stuff? You got to remember that the same Holy Spirit who parted a Red Sea is living on the inside of you. The same Holy Spirit who we know when, when the prophets of Baal were coming against the things of God, the, 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 they said, hey, I'm going to call down fire right now. And by the power of God, it, it fell on the altar and it stood up to the evil prophets of Baal, which I believe we're seeing prophets of Baal in these hours right now. Yeah. That same Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, dwelling. Yeah. 
Shepherd boy David. What causes shepherd boy David? Just this little nobody sitting up in the woods. You remember that they come to anoint one of the sons and, and David is such a nobody that even his own dad is like, no, this is all I got. This is the best that I got. Oh yeah, there's just this one nobody out here who takes care of my... But what happened when the, when the spirit of God got on him? When the spirit of God who was on the inside of him said, hey, wait a minute, there comes a Goliath who's gonna be defying the armies of God and the spirit of God rose up in David and he said, no, that ain't happening here. And all he had was a modern day BB gun and he took out the Goliath of his time. That same spirit who empowered David can empower you and can empower me and is empowering this church. Can I get an amen today? Daniel is faced this dark culture, this crazy time where they say, hey, there's going to be no worship. You can't worship that way. You can't do that. If you do, you're going to get thrown in a, in a lion's den. And he says, well, I'm going to be true to my God. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to give up to the culture of this world. And so the same spirit that shut the lion's mouth is the same spirit that's living on the inside of us and empowering us today. Are you with me? And so people say, well, how am I going to raise my kids in this environment? How am I going to be able to raise my kids? And how am I going to be able to do this? Can you act like the Holy Spirit doesn't have access to schools? The same spirit that's dwelling on the inside of anything I mentioned is dwelling in your kids and they can go into these dark places. And I don't love where public schools are headed and maybe eventually we might end up having to call them government schools. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't keep out the spirit of God. Well, look at America. Oh, look what's happening in America. I just don't know this country and where it's headed and all this kind of stuff. Well, it can't stop the Holy Spirit. I don't care what's trying to be passed or what bills are going to be signed. I'm telling you, nothing will hold back the Holy Spirit. People say to me all the time, Pastor, have you seen? But Pastor, have you? and, they, and, and, and it's, if it's some of you who've sent me this, it's fine. <laughs> Pastor, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And everyone's so afraid. Pastor, have you seen this? Have you seen what they're trying to do? Have you seen what's happening over here? Have you seen what's happening over here? And I'm always like, yeah, I have seen that. But I've also seen this. And I've also seen what's in here. And I've also seen that the scripture promises that we've been given a helper. Are you with me today? And I know how this story ends. And I know how it plays out for a believer. Are you with me today? I don't care what government signs. You can't legislate anything against the Holy Spirit. If a grave can't hold them down, a government can't hold them down. Well, pastor, all these government, all these cultural influencers are going on TikTok and they're telling young generations that there is no truth and the Bible has all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but the scripture also tells us that greater is he that is in me than any clown that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than any kind of cultural influencer or or any kind. Are you with me today? Well, everything's all gone woke and everything's all this and they don't support this and they don't believe in this. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. But we have this terrible mindset as believers that it's like, it's like we just have to like sneak our way out of earth and get to heaven before we get caught or something by all these big bad guys out there. Well, pastor, they're running media and they're doing all this kind of stuff. Well, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's like if I can just sneak around enough stuff and make it to heaven, then well, the scripture says you're the head and not the tail. Let's keep going. We're just going to preach right into night of worship. Just call the band right back up and we'll go. (laughs) John chapter 14, your Bible, the headline probably says it this way. It probably says it at the top this way. It says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. John 14. In verse 15, it says this. If you love me, keep my commands. Side note, it's awesome that we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It's nice and amazing that he empowers us. 
But if we don't live according to scripture, it's not going to do you any good. So the first part of it says, hey, you need to keep his commands. You need to live according to his power, his principle, his ways. So it says, if you keep my commands, and then it says this, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And he will be with you forever. One translation says always. According to this scripture, is the Holy Spirit still with us in 2023? I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. I imagine you should get some popcorn ready because it's going to be something. But uh, is the Holy Spirit going to be with you in 24 and 25 and 30 if we're still here? Is the Holy Spirit, is this promise that you have an advocate, a helper to be with you forever, always? It says the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for, here it is again, he lives with you and will be in you. Don't read that scripture as like, oh, that's a crazy. No, 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 no. The scripture says you have the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is with you and in you always. That's pretty good news today when the bullies try to present themselves, when they try to tell you your marriage isn't going to make it, your kids aren't going to come back to God, your career is not going to get off the ground. How many know what I'm talking about? You say, hold on a second. God said that it's better. As a matter of fact, my Bible says that it's his promise to me that he's sending me a helper, an advocate who's going to be with me and in me. Can I get an amen today? John 16, 17, you've heard me give this example before. Jesus is about to ascend to heaven. And you know this, anytime you've left maybe a babysitter or a housekeeper, you always remind them of the most important thing last. So Jesus is about to go away and he's telling them in John 16, seven, he says, very truly, I tell you, it's better that I go because when he goes, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a helper. One translation of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is dunamis is power. Didn't, didn't say that I'm going to send you somebody who's going to read you your daily bread and sing your psalms to sleep. No, no, I'm going to send you power. Yeah. Well, I just hope that maybe we could. No, no, no. I'm sending. It's better that I go because I'm about to give you some power. You're going to get a boost in this thing. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so he says, and so, and so Jesus, just like us, before you leave, and he's about to send to heaven, says the most important thing last, which is, hey, I'm sending you the helper whose power. It's like when we leave the house, you say to the babysitter, hey, here's all the things, uh, but I'm going to remind you this is the most important thing. Right before you walk out the door, here's the most important thing. And if you're like me, this is the most important thing is, hey, this is the most important thing. Before I come back home, those kids better be sleeping. (laughs) If I come home (laughs) and I have kids to put to bed, (laughs) you're going to need a helper from John 16. (laughs) Just plain. But Jesus says, some of you are feeling that deep. (laughs) It's better that I go. I wish Jesus could be here. People say, oh, I just, gee, I just wish Jesus was here to fix some things. I wish, just wish that Jesus was here and he could go on the view and clean everything up and make everything straight. He already did. By sending you power, the Holy Spirit. Now we need to just act and live and be the people who believe that you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is still here moving. I don't believe that's like just gone with the, with the disciples. And God, the Holy Spirit is moving and active. Uh, I've given this example before, which is kind of weird, but it's a good example. You know, you ever play rock, paper, scissors? We sort of have like a cheat code as believers. We have an advantage. We have like a hack. 
because in rock, paper, scissors, you throw rock, paper, scissors, and one kind of outdoes the other one. Here in life, as believers, this is how we get to go through life. When the world tries to throw us rock, paper, scissors, we just throw Holy Spirit better than everything. Better than everything. How do we know that that's true? Because the scripture says, hey, in this world, you'll have trouble. Jesus speaking, saying, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Jesus is literally telling everybody, hey, you're going to have trouble. Probably a lot of trouble. Probably trouble more than one time. You're going to have trouble. Pastor, I hope that, I wish you would just be more positive. Okay, I'm positive you're going to have trouble. (laughs) Because Jesus said you're going to have trouble. But then he said, take heart. You want to know why you can take heart? Because I've, I've overcome it all. Because Jesus is saying, hey, take heart. It's going to be hard. You're going to have trouble. But rock, paper, scissors, Holy Spirit is what he's saying. I've overcome it all. And so I'm here to just say that I believe that the most powerful spirit here on earth, the most powerful spirit in America is still the Holy Spirit. It's not the spirit of fear. It's not Jezebel. It's not the Antichrist. It's not the spirit of death through cancer and abortion. It's not atheism. It's not cancel culture. It's not perversion. It's not sexual immorality. It's not identity issues. It's not uh, poverty, racism, injustice. It's not Hamas. The most powerful spirit in this world is still the Holy Spirit. And we must depend on them to stand up to the bullies that we're facing, the spirit of God above it all. And so how can we make a difference? This is where I'm going to change gears on you really quick. It's easy to watch me get up here and get excited and spit about the Holy Spirit and be excited and do that. That part's easy to believe that we're empowered. But this next part is where it becomes challenging. If you continue to read on in John 16, it talks about when he comes, the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, the scripture. I'm going to paraphrase here for a minute, but go read it in John 16. It says, and when he comes, he will be the one who proves to the world to be wrong about their sin. One passage says it this way. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin. It's not your job or my job to convict people of their sins. It's our job to love people. We are infilled with the spirit of God, which is the spirit of love. God is love. And if we have his spirit, that means we are a people of love. It's God's job to convict. It's our job to love. People always come to me and say, oh, pastor, you know, we got to learn how to be more tolerating. We got to be, learn how to tolerate. And everybody's talking about toleration and we got to learn to tolerate and tolerate. And I'm over here saying, no, no, no. Christians aren't called to tolerate. That's too low. Christians are called to love. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict and call out sin. It's our job to love. That's why Galatians 5 says, hey, your call is to love your neighbor. But if you go on and you read down, it says, if you aren't a person who loves your neighbor, if you're someone who the scripture goes on to say, you bite at each other, you fight each other, you get in Facebook fights, you get in break room arguments and you bite and bite. The scripture says the result of that is both will be devoured. Your job is to love. And there's times where you got to stand up in truth and tell the truth and and say what's absolute truth. And sometimes that comes off harsh, but it's God's job. It's the spirit's job to convict. It's your job to love. Can I get an amen? I'll close with this. There's this interesting sort of beginning to the work of the spirit. We see it in Genesis. I want to read it to you because I believe it's the same picture and example that we're living in right now. Genesis chapter one, verse one says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. But it says, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Obviously, Genesis being the beginning, it's our first mention of the spirit. 
So we go back to the beginning and we see from the beginning, what does the scripture want us to know about what the spirit does? What does the spirit do? If we have the spirit, we just read that it convicts sin, but what does the spirit do? What's the first thing we see the spirit does? Genesis being the beginning. This is the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Remember, there was nothing, darkness, empty. And it says, and then God said, let there be light and there was light. So we know it was formless. There was darkness. There was no order. There was chaos. It was messy. When the Hebrews would teach this, they would teach it as at this time, there was no purpose and there was not any destiny being accomplished. It's weird because you could almost say it if you sat down and looked at the world, it would feel formless and dark, chaos, messy, maybe without purpose. You would be like, where is all this going? Where's all this going right now? I just wonder if the world is in the same need that it was in Genesis 1, which is where that Holy Spirit is hovering and covering. And we just need someone to be the light. Understand what I'm talking about. I know it's a, kind of a deep thought. But the scripture says that, that God shows up and says, let there be light. What did scripture call us? I believe in Matthew, maybe again in Mark. What did it say that we are of the world? We're the... So if times are dark and muddy and chaotic and they feel like they have no purpose and no destiny, no wonder scripture says that you need to show up on the scene with the spirit of God in you and also be the light to the world. Just be the light. That's why that little song that we sing, said this little light of mine, I'm not gonna hide it. Why? Because the world needs it. And so I'm just here to encourage you, as crazy as it all is, and there's all these bullies presenting themselves against us. I believe like even in Genesis, there is still a spirit hovering and covering and about to bring some things into existence. My son had a drone toy, like this little $50 Iron Man drone. It had a little camera on it and he could get on his iPad. And if you don't know what a drone is, it has like four little helicopter things on it. And it would fly up in the air, but it could go pretty high, like up over our house. And so he'd get on that thing and he wasn't great at driving it because he's like four years old, five years old at the time. And um, so I was like low key scared of it because he would always run it into me or run it into things. So I'm out doing yard work or just working on different things. And, you know, I'd be out there and all of a sudden I'd hear just that buzz. Like, and I'd be like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And, and I just wasn't sure. I couldn't see it. I couldn't tell what was happening and what was going on, but there was a hovering and a covering and a buzzing. And I'm, I know that many of us look at the news and we look at the circumstances in our life and all these different things look hopeless, but there's something on the inside of us. It's like there is a buzzing, there is a hovering and a covering, just like in Genesis that believes that the best is still ahead for the believers. I believe that revival's on the way. I believe that we've never been more qualified for a revival in America. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I believe what God wants to do is going to be greater than any Jesus movement. Any, are you with me today? But it ain't going to happen if we're punting the spirit of God that's on the inside of us to robots. If we're choosing entertainment over presence-filled nights of worship where we can intercede and go after God, you say, I'm not much of a concert person. I don't really care about coming in and singing songs. That has nothing to do with what tonight is. It's not a concert. It's not song singing. It's the people of God coming together in one accord. And I believe God responds and reacts when God's name is lifted up. Are you with me? Chains break, strongholds torn down when God's people come together in unity. Amen. So my encouragement to you 
be that light. Use that spirit on the inside of you. Get plugged in, serve, give, pray. Let God be that light, that spirit on the inside of you to go make an impact, amen? The reality is the world is counting on it. There is no other hope. The local church, I believe, is the hope of the world because it's the body of Christ. There's no government solution. There's no education solution. It's the hope of the world. It's the body of Christ. Amen. Let's pray into it. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for your word and your way. God, help us to understand and dwell. God, your word says it's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by our own hand, our own thought, our own wisdom, but it's by your spirit that we can accomplish what you have for us. Help us to follow you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.